0: Thank you, Lavinia. This morning as we stand on, uh, at the gateway of another new year, I want to take just a few moments to pay attention to where we are on our journey as a church family. For the last couple of years at least, we've committed ourselves as a church to, to learning about how to bring the love of, of God and the message of Jesus Christ to our community. And I've been quite humbled over these last couple of years, and particularly recently by God's goodness to us, and how he's given us the desire of our hearts. He's taken us to lots of new places. Uh, We've met lots of new people, and lots of people have come to, to see what God is doing in this place, and we're grateful to God for that. This church has become much more outward-looking and much more open than it was a couple of years ago. Throughout the autumn time, so in, in the very recent past, we've been thinking about what kind of a church we want to be as we connect with our neighbourhood because community engagement's never an end in itself. Even if we do succeed in reaching out and engaging the community, there's still another question. What with... What is it that we will take with us as we go and as we meet people beyond these walls? As we thought about what kind of a church we'd like to be, we've been thinking what it means to be a gospel-centered church. We've said really two main things about a gospel-centered church. It's a place where the, the good news of Jesus Christ is at the very center of the church's life, but also where the church lives out, where the community lives out what it says it believes about Jesus. It demonstrates the gospel to a watching world. And again, I'm excited here because as I've spoken to, to many of you over these last weeks and months, I've just had a real sense that God is placing this in our hearts, that we want to be, learn to be a church that's, that's open and, and learning always more about how to share Jesus with others. So I want to say at the beginning of 2011 that it's fair to say that our church has been learning and that our church has been changing and that there's much cause for gratitude here at Kirkpatrick Memorial these days. But I want to take a moment this morning to take all of that and put it in a much bigger context. We've talked about change in the life and mission of our church. I think we've seen real change in the life and mission of our church. But this is not the most important thing. The most important thing is growing in our love for God. It's a growing passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. All of our ideas, our suggestions, our innovations and initiatives, there are nothing without this. In the gospel centered church, God, God revealed to us, and Jesus Christ is at the center. You see, folks, Christianity is not a strategy, it's not a process, it's not a bunch of activities, it's a burning love affair with God the God who we've come to know as our Father, the God who we've come to know as Jesus, our Savior, the God who's present with us now by his Spirit. It's, it's love for God that lies at the heart. When I selected a, a Bible reading for this morning, I selected 1 Corinthians 13. My guess is you probably haven't heard it much in church life except at weddings. I think two-thirds of weddings that I conduct we read 1 Corinthians 13. And it's a wonderful passage. Why did I choose it this morning? Well, in this passage, Paul gives us a long list of very worthy qualities that a person might exhibit. They might be spiritually gifted, speaking in tongues, prophesying. They might be full of insight, fathoming mysteries. They might be exercising faith, giving to the poor, or even giving their lives in martyrdom. And in each case, Paul says that without love, these things are nothing. They're nothing. These wonderful qualities become empty and shallow without love. Love is the key a burning passion for God and a a burning desire to share his love with our neighbors. I want you to imagine for a moment that Paul's letter wasn't written to a first century church in the city of Corinth, but instead that it was written to a church in East Belfast in 2011. Kirkpatrick Memorial, right now. Paul might write something like this. If we're growing significantly in numbers, but have not love, we're nothing. If we've researched our community, come to know its every need, and begun to do things there, but have not love, we gain nothing. If we preach the finest sermons, but have not love, we're resounding gongs. Dear brothers and sisters, never ever let us lose sight of this truth. That no matter how much this congregation grows, no matter how many things we think of and do, no matter how much outreach we're involved in, no matter what our reputation is for being sound or being radical or for any other thing, nothing is of value without a burning love for God. If I had to try to capture the mood of Western Christianity, of which we're a part, if I had to try to capture the mood and describe it at the beginning of the 21st century, I don't think I'd have any choice but to use words like compromise and complacency. We've compromised our love for God with a deep, deep love for many other things. We're complacent about the things that really matter because we've cluttered our lives with stuff that does not matter. And how's that ever going to change? Well, I don't think it's going to change by me standing at the front and shouting about that. I don't think me speaking about our complacency or or shouting about our compromise is going to change our hearts. I don't think that's how it works. If we want to learn to love the world less, there's only one way we'll do that, and that's to love God more. As the love of God takes over, takes up more and more space in our hearts, the other stuff simply falls away. And until a deep, deep love for God is born in us, the other stuff will always have a stranglehold. It's love for God that sets our hearts free. Friends, this is why we constantly and repeatedly return to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We refocus ourselves often and unapologetically on God's love for us, on Jesus' sacrifice for us, on the cross as he gave himself for us. Whenever we're struggling with sin and apathy, we don't, we don't let the sin and apathy dominate our horizons. We look instead to Jesus and to the cross the place where he demonstrated the length that he will go to for us. This morning in this communion service, we're going to, to share a meal together. And we're going to re-gospel ourselves, remind ourselves of Jesus' great love for us as we eat our prayer is that we'll grow in our love for God. Over the Christmas holidays, I celebrated my 12th wedding anniversary. I love being married. But it's not for the sake of marriage itself, as if being married was somehow some great thing. I love being married because I love my wife, Claire. And so it is with the gospel, the the good news of Jesus. I love the gospel not for its own sake. I love the gospel not because I think it's a good idea. I love it not because it's a badge of identity that gets me into some sort of club of sound, like-minded people. It's none of those reasons in the end. I love the gospel because I love Jesus. I love the gospel because it points me to him who loved me and gave himself for me. That's why we preach and open God's word. That's why we gather and drink bread and wine. None of this for the sake of itself, but all that we might know more of Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the richness of life that you call us to. When Jesus was among us, he promised that we would live life to the full. And how right he was. How true his promises. Lord, we thank you for all that you give us. All that you call us to do. All that you involve us in. But Lord, all of this. We want to be born out of our love for you. Lord, where our hearts are cold this morning, we pray that you'd come among us and warm us. Where our love is down to only a last tiny dying ember, fan it into flame. Lord, show us Jesus this morning that we might love him. Amen.